Amen. Reach Church, how are you this morning? All right. Uh, kids can head to Reach Kids if they want to. All right. We got a few. All right. Exciting. Exciting stuff. All right. Uh, so we finished Galatians. We just finished Galatians, uh, and we're kind of in uh, a little bit of a, a limbo right now. So uh, we're going to look today at, um, I'd say, a parallel passage of some of the things that we've been talking about in Galatians. We've been talking about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, uh, walking by, by faith, under grace, uh, living under the work of Jesus Christ. And I think as we, we look at this book, I hope that it doesn't start to feel like, well, Galatians is kind of this, this ray of hope in an otherwise bleak Bible. That, like, okay, every passage should, should directly relate to the work of Jesus, and that should give us this same hope, should push us towards not living in the flesh and trying to be good and trying to, to work out our salvation in a, in a way that's contrary to the gospel of Jesus, but instead it should be a call to, to live under the gospel of Jesus, to live in the light of it. And so today we're looking at uh, what wouldn't kind of seem like a parallel passage, first because uh, there's just different ways of talking about this. And in Galatians, it was kind of like a Jewish theological way of talking about uh, living under the cross of Jesus. Now, for some of you, that might not be the most uh, compelling image. And this one, I think, is a little better. Uh, not better. You can't say that. Uh, <laughs> different. Different. might be more helpful to some of you. Um, but I think this passage is also interesting because uh, we don't see it as a parallel. Instead, oftentimes, we see this passage as contrary to the message of, of all the things we've been talking about in Galatians, that this is a call to, to try hard and to work our salvation and to, to work really hard and live according to the flesh. Uh, so we're going to be looking at 1 John, uh, a passage in 1 John, and I like this passage because uh, it, it, kind of, it kind of draws out our, our heart and our actual, um, our actual theology. Because John is often very vague. And he's vague in a way that we can kind of fill in the blanks with our own theology. Uh, and oftentimes we just fill it in with legalism, with works, with uh, not the cross of Jesus, but, but the flesh. Uh, I think of it kind of like a, you know those Rorschach tests? They're like ink blots. And they're supposed to be kind of ambiguous. And what do you do? You, you project whatever you're feeling into these tests, and psychologists then can get inside your mind. So uh, whatever you're obsessed about, whatever you're, you're thinking about, whatever you, you love is projected into this. Whatever theology you, uh, you believe about First John, you believe about God in general, is going to be projected into First John and reflected back. And oftentimes what comes out is legalism, and that's just totally contrary to the book. So uh, today we're going to be talking about walking in the light versus walking in the darkness. And we're first going to talk about what that really means, and then like three consequences of that. What does that light of God really, really show us? And the hope is that this is one more reinforcement that, that we are saved by grace, that we walk in the light of the cross of Jesus, that we are not abandoned to our own works. We are not trying to be good Christians. We are trying to believe that Jesus has been good for us. All right? So let's turn to First John uh, chapter 1. We're going to look at uh, verse 5 through chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, 
1 John, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you give us so many pictures that, um, that capture our imagination to, to understand what it is to, to live under the cross of Jesus and to really believe and live out of nothing but Jesus, that we are saved not by ourselves but by him alone. Father, I ask that you would um, give us great understanding, that you would open our hearts to these realities. But Father, would you help us to, to live in the light of the gospel of Jesus? We long for the joy and freedom that that brings. And Father, would you, would you open our eyes to see the light of Christ, that we may glorify him and worship him and enjoy him for all eternity. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, so uh, first, we need to understand, okay, what does it mean to walk in the light versus walk in the darkness? All right, this is the message we have heard from him, him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. All right, there's some heavy implications here. That to walk in the light versus walking in the darkness uh, has very heavy implications for the rest of our Christian life. So if we do walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. All right, we're deceiving ourselves. We don't actually have fellowship with this God that we pretend to have fellowship with. And yet if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship first with one another, but, but then with God, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. All right, this is not, this is not a way to greater blessing in the Christian life. This is just, okay, this is the Christian life. If we want our sins to be cleansed, if we want to actually walk in fellowship with God and with one another, then we need to walk in the light. Now, this is where it's, it's vague when we say, okay, what does it mean to walk in the light versus walk in the darkness? And I think this is the same difficulty we ran into in Galatians when we talk, okay, what does it mean to walk in the flesh versus walk in the spirit? These are parallel concepts. There's just a, a slightly different nuance to it. And this vague language, it kind of allows us to, to fill in the blanks. And we think, okay, what is darkness and what is light? And I think what most of us think initially, okay, that means darkness is evil and light is good. 
that darkness is sin and, and, and light is righteousness. And then we read this passage and we think, okay, so if, if I'm good, if I'm good and I stop sinning, then, uh, then I'll have fellowship with God, I'll have fellowship with one another, and uh, the blood of Jesus will, will cleanse me from all righteousness. All right, I hope that doesn't sound good to you. That seems a little backwards. That, yeah, okay, it's not, it's not that you're good and then you're cleansed. No, it's that you're cleansed and then you're good. And yet we read this passage and we leave incredibly discouraged and we say, well, no, God is, this is saying God is perfect and I need to be perfect. And I need to be good like God is good. And if I can just get the sin out of my life, then I'll finally really believe that, that the cross of Jesus will cleanse me. Now, that's us projecting self-righteousness and works and flesh into a passage that I don't think really says that. Just like we oversimplified flesh and, and the spirit, we can oversimplify this and say, you know what, this is just telling me one more time to be good. Because we expect the Bible to tell us one more time to be good and to forget about Jesus. All right, so... We need something better. We need something that, that gets us to Jesus because that's what this Bible is all about. All right, so God is light. We could say that, that that means God is holy and righteous and he is the judge and he is holding you accountable. Or what are some other pictures of what light does? All right, there's some more positive pictures that I think actually fit with the context a lot better. All right, we can stumble around in the dark or we can walk in the light. And that's where instead of this picture of God as judge when he's called the light, what is he? He is the one shining light onto our lives. And he's revealing things. He's showing us the world. He's showing us ourselves. He's showing us reality. Now, when's the last time you wandered around a dark room? All right. What happened? You hurt yourself. <laughs> I, I never hurt my shins more than walking around our dark house. Uh, or stepping on Legos, or tripping on trucks. Like, it's, it's a death trap out there in the dark. And that's where we're thinking, okay, like, oh, God is light. He's going to destroy me with his, with his beams of righteousness. Like, no, no, he's there to, to illuminate the dark world and to show us reality. So when we walk around, we don't kill ourselves. And so we can see the world as God sees it. That's, I think, what the picture is of this, this God is light. And when he's saying, okay, if you, really, if you really know God and see God and have fellowship with the light, then you can't wander around stumbling like you're blind. Because otherwise, you aren't really seeing him. You aren't really knowing him. You aren't really trusting him. That's the picture here. This is a call to, to live under the realities and the truths that God presents into our lives. And then when he says something, we, we live like that is the reality of the universe. That's what we're talking about. And he talks about things like, uh, you don't practice the truth, we, we lie to ourselves. It's not good and bad, it's, it's truth and reality versus this deception and darkness of the world. All right. So, with that in mind, uh, 
What does God show us when he turns the lights on? What does he reveal to us? All right, first, first. The light should show us how sinful we are. When the light turns on, we get a good glimpse of ourselves for the first time. And as we walk in this light, we're able to see ourselves more and more fully. And the reality is that we should see our, our sin more and more fully. All right. Uh, a stupid analogy for this. Uh, so uh, rarely, rarely I get up before Casey when it's dark because uh, I try to go to the gym or meet someone for coffee. Uh, only then have I ever discovered, like, a terrible mishap in my getting ready. <laughs> All right, there's been times where I show up at the gym and my shorts are on inside out. <laughs> or I'm meeting with coffee and, like, I think, I think it was Blake. He's like, you know your shirt's on inside out, right? <laughs> and, like, you know what? Why? I got dressed in the dark. All right, there's times I have two really pair, like, similar pairs of shoes, and I'm, there's been times I've worn both of them together. Uh, we can't see ourselves in the dark, and then we get to the light, we get to the gym, or we get to Starbucks, and then we can see ourselves. All right, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. And we let God reveal to us who we actually are, what we really look like. And we're, spiritually, we have our, our shorts on inside out. So, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. All right. There's ways to be deceived and to not walk in the truth. And the first one is to deny your sin. To deny your sin and not be willing to see it. And that's where there's this great irony of of the results of, of this false interpretation of walking in the light versus the, the reality. If walking in the darkness is to sin and walking in the light is to be a good person, then actually it's going to be impossible to do this. Because what, what you're constantly trying to do is defend how good of a Christian you are. And if, if, you, if you don't defend yourself to the grave and deny every sin and make every, every excuse then you're going to be condemned and you're not going to be a real Christian. No, this is saying exactly the opposite. Who is the real Christian? The one who is not deceived into thinking that they don't have sin. That's the real Christian. That's the one who, who really is walking in the light of the things that God is revealing about us. Now, one of these passages, uh, Romans 3. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. No one is good, no, not one. No one pleases God. All right. That's the light shining into our hearts. And then we look at our lives, and often we say, well, yeah, I probably have like five sins. No, what, he just said, that, okay, the starting point is, is absolutely, like, everything is riddled with sin. And yet, when we actually kind of interact with God, I think we usually think about uh, one or two. The reality is the light of God should be revealing, like, sins upon sins. Like, cascades of sins, and we wake up in, in, in the midst of sin, and it's just the reality of our lives. 
Because the standard is not be a good Christian or be a good person. What is the standard? The standard is, as we've talked about, to do all things for the, for the glory of Jesus and to enjoy Jesus more fully than we enjoy anything else. And if we do enjoy anything, we, we take that enjoyment and, and push it up to Jesus Christ, the gift to the giver. And that every second of every day, we are worshiping Jesus Christ. Right, that's the standard. And that's how, how God can say that no one is righteous. Now, what does this look like on a very practical level? Um, if someone accuses you of sin, there's probably a hint of it somewhere. If you got in a fight with someone, there was probably some sin there. If there's a sermon about a topic, like, hey, let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about greed, or let's talk about gluttony, or let's talk about vanity, and you, it probably applies to you, not to the person next to you. And there's probably something you can take away. There's something you can own. That's right. We don't need to. We don't need to be making the excuses. We don't need to be saying, you know, well, I was hungry yesterday. That's why I got in that fight. No, you got in that fight because, yes, you are hungry and you're a sinner. You are a hungry sinner and you weren't able to hold it in for that day. Hangry, Yes. Hanger is a sin. Well, that's a sin too. You know, and that's where we have, to, we have to deal with that reality. And we can deal with that reality because what does he say? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The danger is not being a sinner. Jesus has rendered that pretty innocuous. The danger is saying we have not sinned and making him a liar and saying his word is not in us. At that point, at that point, what are we doing? The light is shining upon us, and we are closing our eyes and refusing to see and stumbling around in the darkness. At that point, God, God, is, God is being the light. We are, we are darkening our own, our own hearts. And we don't have to do it. We really don't. Now, the second thing. First, we, we admit our sins, but second, the, the light does help us not to sin anymore. Not to sin anymore. And that's where, okay, so there, there is this light and dark concept, and you're saying, well, it should have something to do with sin. It does have something to do with sin. That when God shines his light into the world and into our lives, it should show us realities that draw us away from sin and towards Jesus Christ. The light is not fundamentally, are you good or are you not? But it does show us what is good and what is life and what is death. Verse 1, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin. All right, so in talking about nothing of Jesus and talking about the abundance of grace uh, and mercy in Jesus Christ, we're not saying that God doesn't care about sin. We're saying that that's not where he starts. He starts by sending the light of Jesus Christ and then, and then saying, okay, do you want to sin anymore? Now, what's a, what's a uh, stupid analogy for this? All right, well, another stupid analogy. Um, I hate analogies, but I give them to you as a grace because I realize it's kind of boring, but I, would, I hate them. Um, all right, so this one's good. <laughs> this one's stolen from John Piper, so he's, he's, he, he gave it to you. Uh, 
Yep. So, all right. So you are you are trapped in a dark forest. You are trapped in a dark forest. Uh, you can't find your way out, and you resign yourself to the dark forest. And you say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to sleep it off until the light of the morning. And you you find a little path, a little clearing, and as you lay down, two things touch your skin. All right. One, one is hard and cold and sharp. And what do you do? In the darkness, you, you, you scooch away from it, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my way over here. On the other side, there's, there's something warm and soft and cuddly. And you think, wow, what, what good luck. I'm going I'm to cozy up to this. All right. And you, and you, you snooze away, and as the, as the dawn breaks... You open your eyes, and what's this cuddly warm blanket that you've been sleeping next to? All right, the worst thing I can imagine is like a like a giant tarantula, the size of a Buick. You know, like it's like oh, all right, and that's that's what you're cozing up to, and it's just waiting until you to, until you wake up because it likes to eat its prey like on the run. All right. <laughs> And that's, that's where you had been snuggling up to. And you look over, and what was that cold, sharp, hard thing? That was a sword. Now, in the light of day, in the light of, of reality, your loves and your cuddliness starts to change. And now, in the light, you love that sword. And you cling to it. And you hate the tarantula, and you're trying to kill it and fighting it with all of your might. Now, did that light make you guilty? Did it make you feel bad? Did it say, you know, you, sh you shouldn't have been snuggling with a tarantula? No, no, it's just reality. And when you see it for what it is, uh, you naturally respond. All right, that's what we're talking about when we talk about God shining light into the world and we're able to see by it. They were able to see sin for what it really is and all these things that, that used to feel so cuddly and we used to snuggle up with, with greed and with lust and with selfishness and self-righteousness that we see all these things and we, we see them for what they really are, that they are monsters waiting to eat us alive. And that the, the law of Jesus and the work of Jesus, that these are, these are delightful swords that we use to, to slay the monsters. And ultimately, we're presented with the beauty of Jesus Christ and the freedom of Jesus Christ next to these monsters when the light of day comes. That's what it looks like to walk in the light and to, to see sin for what it is and to see Jesus for who he is that we would naturally pick and delight in and love Jesus Christ more than anything else. Because he's the only source of life. He is the only real beauty. He's the only real joy. Now, there's remarkably very little condemnation there, but there's great, great freedom from sin. That's what we're talking about. And the question then is, okay, what sins, what sins are still, are still dark to me? And I'm closing my eyes and I'm not letting God reveal what they really are. What are you still cuddling up with? And getting warm and cozy with when instead you need to grab your sword 
and kill it that you might not be killed. All right, we all have them. Maybe the sins that, that seem innocuous, that everyone does, what are they? Let the light of Jesus Christ like shine into those things and give you freedom from them. Amen? All right. Now, the final, the final thing that this light is, light of God, it is supposed to illuminate. I hope, I hope we know what it's going to be. Uh, is Jesus Christ the light of the world? That if there's any light, the light, the light puts the, the, the single spotlight on Jesus Christ, on the cross of Jesus Christ, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That if we're walking in the light of God, if we're walking before the God who is light, our eyes should ever be on Jesus Christ and the beauty of the cross. Now we talked about what well, we're called away from sin, but if anyone does sin, and we do, uh, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have an advocate with the Father. We have one fighting for us. Yeah, the light will reveal your sin. The light will reveal the, the monsters that you love. But it will also reveal the advocate, the one who is fighting for you, the one who is arguing for your righteousness in heaven because Jesus Christ is the righteous. All right. We are not the righteous. Alone, we cannot be the righteous. What is Jesus Christ the righteous? And he is the propitiation for our sins. All right, fancy word, theological term, propitiation. To become propitious, I've, I've said this before, uh, <laughs> a propitiation is something that makes someone propitious, so that's helpful. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, God was not propitious with us, which means pleased, which means delighted, which means uh, instead he was, he was quite angry and filled with wrath and judgment against us. And what is Jesus? Jesus is the sacrifice that turns that wrath into propitiousness, into delight, into favor, into joy, into love, into acceptance and, and adoption. That's what Jesus Christ is. He's the propitiation. He's the sacrifice that, that changes the heart of God towards us. From wrath to delight. That Jesus Christ, he, he, he took the wrath that was upon us. He took that sin. He took the consequences of every cuddled up monster that we, we harbor in our lives. And he died for those things. And then the light that God pours out, it says that, you know what? Everyone who simply puts their faith in Jesus Christ is the delight of God is perfectly righteous, that the one who is righteous has given you his righteousness, that you are adopted in him, that in every situation God is pouring out love for you, that he's loving you perfectly as, as you ought to be loved, giving you exactly what you need, not what you want, but what you need, that we're, we're overwhelmed by the light of, of the reality of what God has done and where we stand before God in Jesus Christ. That is the light. That is the light that we're called to walk in. 
that when we walk into dark places, we know that 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 reality is shining all around us. That we are loved, that we are the sons and daughters of the eternal God. That we are the apple of his eye. He's working all things. That Jesus is the is the ultimate joy and delight of our lives and he is the guaranteed to be with us for all eternity. Is that light, is that light illuminating your life? Or are you walking in darkness? Once again, walking in darkness is not just sin. Walking in darkness is just forgetting that reality and entering into the world with your eyes closed to what Jesus Christ has done. And you go to work and you're stumbling through this world that you go try to parent and you're stumbling through because that light of the reality of Jesus Christ hasn't come and hasn't, hasn't shined. Now, I think that's such a beautiful picture and such a helpful picture. When we engage with sin, we're like, well, what, what is the light? Am I walking in the light or am I just foolishly stumbling around in the dark? Where do I stand in God? Am I, am I darkened, seeing only my flesh and my works, or am I seeing the light of Jesus Christ? Am I making excuses and, and denying my heart, or am I seeing the light of my own heart and the forgiveness of Jesus that makes it okay? Are you walking in the light? The light of Jesus Christ. All right. It's a good place to walk. Amen. All right. Uh, any questions on this? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't ever want to get comfortable with Right, like right. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes I feel like, okay. Okay, right. All right. Uh, yeah, let me, let, me, let me try to restate it. Uh, all right, so the question. Uh, all right, we have sin. Yes, we have sin. Uh, but we confess our sins, and, and we're, we're cleansed from those sins, but uh, indwelling still, sin still remains. We still sin. And so, uh, in some sense, as Deb is saying, we, do we get comfortable with sin? Um, is it just the reality of our lives? Uh, it is the reality of our lives, uh, do we get comfortable with confessing our sin? Yes. And do we get comfortable with seeing our sin? Absolutely, because there's lots to see. Um, are we then apathetic about what sin is? No. And we see it as death. We see it as the monster. And confession is, in some sense, like letting the light shine and saying, like, yeah, God, like, this is call, call, saying back to him, I see, I see it's a deadly tarantula. I see it's death. I see it's poison. I see it's evil. Um, help me to see that. And help me to see Jesus and how much better he is than my sin. And that's where we're, 
we're constantly engaging with that, that struggle, that battle. Help me to see the beauty of Jesus and the, the horror of my sin. And the comfortability is the fact that we're doing that with, with not just like the three sins in our lives, but throughout our lives, day by day, every second by second, as we see sin, we're, we're calling ourselves back to Jesus and, and despising the sin that keeps flowing out of our hearts in spite of our Other questions? Oh, I thought Eli was going to do one. I was so excited. <laughs> Brian. Yep. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A beautiful nickname. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so there's, there's, it, at no point does it, yeah, we're not, we're not terrified of that sin anymore, um, but we do desperately, we, we want to kill it, and we do, and we, by the spirit, we actually start to, and start cutting some legs off, and, um, and moving towards freedom from that sin, yeah. Denise? Is the darkness Satan? Uh, that's a good question, Sadis. Um, I would say that, that Satan dwells in darkness, that he is the, the principalities and the, the forces of darkness. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say that he is just, the, that the darkness is, is only Satan. I'd say that he's, he's lumped in there and that he's trying to keep our eyes closed, and he's trying to keep us in the darkness, and he loves the darkness because he doesn't want to be exposed. So to, to battle the, the tarantula is in some sense to battle very much reality, to, to battle Satan and his forces. But we're also battling the darkness of uh, a world that doesn't want Jesus, and the, the lust and the desires of our own heart, um, which contribute to that darkness and are part of it. So those kind of the world and sin and, uh, and Satan kind of together making up this realm. Other questions? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are light. There is no darkness in you at all that you are not here to deceive us or to trick us. You are here to, to shine a light and ultimately to give us the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that, that our focus would first be on Jesus, 
that we would love gazing upon that light, that we'd see the, the beauty of his radiant glory, and that everything else would pale in comparison. Father, we, we want to see our sin and kill our sin, not first so that we may be good, but first so that we may be free and may live with you and be with you and enjoy you unhindered and and cleansed. Father, would you help us to see Jesus? Would we read your word and would we see Jesus and be encouraged by his work, not discouraged by our sin? Father, we thank you that, that Jesus has overcome, that he is the propitiation, that he's our advocate, that he is the righteousness. Father, would you send us out into the world living under that light for the joy of being there? We pray in Jesus' name.